Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Jonah chapter number one. Jonah 1. Jonah is uh, a familiar a familiar book. We learn it in Sunday school. We've learned of Jonah and the whale. Um, we, uh, we know of this story. And as you study this story, this short book in the Bible, it's a, it's a missions book. It's a book of God loving a place called Nineveh and wanting them to repent and turn back to him, turn to him. And he sends, a, he sends a man by the name of Jonah to go to this place of Nineveh and preach repentance. God is going to judge this city. And God is going to judge them. But God's goal was not to send judgment. His goal was for them to repent and turn to him. That's his desire. Now, judgment is going to come for those that do not repent. But God desires for mankind to repent. And there must be one that goes and tells and today, as we look at the emphasis putting upon the local ministries, I want to speak to us about this thought of going into our Jerusalem, our local ministry. We've got New Testaments across the platform here, and, and we're going to hand these out, and, and uh, we're going to ask that you take one this week. And we want you to take and we want you to give this out, personally give the gospel to someone this week. As we're putting John and Romans together to send to another country, we want to make sure that our community, our local community, is reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ as well. And so we're going to do two things this week. One is we're going to go to our own community and give the gospel of Jesus Christ while we put scriptures together together to go to the, to the lost in a different country. And this is the story of Jonah. God calls Jonah from his home to go to a place to preach repentance. I want you to read with me, if you would please, in verse number 17 of chapter number 1. Now, the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, I want you to see something here that God prepared this. This was something of God. The Lord prepared a great fish. And I, I want us to look as this thought of Jonah, he's... he's He's running from God. Now, we heard last week, we heard an incredible message, one of, probably one of the best messages that I heard Ken Fielder preached on, on the Great Commission about our responsibility to go. What, a, what an incredible message. If you weren't here, I, I encourage you to go online and listen to that message for last Sunday morning that he preached. Phenomenal message, challenging message, convicting message. But the reality is this, many of us in this room we know that we're supposed to go. I, I could preach a message and tell you to go, and everyone in this room, we know we're supposed to go. We know that we're supposed to give the gospel. We know what the Great Commission says. Many in this room could, could quote the Great Commission, and, and they've learned it from a, a small child. And, and in, our, in, our, in our youth ministry, in our children's ministry, we're teaching them the same thing, that you're an ambassador for Christ, and that you are to take the gospel of Jesus Christ into all the world and, and preach the gospel. We know this. Yet isn't it something that 
although we know it, we're not always obedient in doing it. And we look at this story of Jonah and we think, why would Jonah just not have done what God told him to do? And the question would be to us, why don't we do what God tells us to do? Our challenge every week as we come to the house of God, it is to grow spiritually. It is to be fed. It is to grow in God's word and in our sanctification process as a Christian. We want to grow and learn and understand, but we also want to know what God desires for us to do. And God desires for us to take the gospel of Jesus Christ into our world. And sometimes when we think of missions, we think of someone taking the, to the, uh, the gospel to some faraway place. And at times we think by just supporting missions, that we're doing the work of missions, but God has called each and every one of us to go, to be a missionary. And the reality is this, America is a mission field. America needs the gospel. At one time, maybe America was strong in, in leading the way and sending missionaries around this world. But America is no longer a strong country leading the way and sending missionaries around the world. Places like the Philippines are sending missionaries around the world. Places like South Korea are sending missionaries around the world. And per capita, they're sending more missionaries around the world than we are even in the United States. The last statistic I read, we are like number 13 or 16 in even sending missionaries around this world. Where America used to be strong, where churches like ours used to be strong, we've lost our strength. And it's not because God has lost his power. I believe it's this, because we have stopped being obedient in the call that God has called us to do. Jonah, he's one that knew the Lord. Jonah was a prophet Jonah was one that knew because Jonah was one that experienced God's grace. He understood who God was. Yet when God said to Jonah, I want you to go, look with me if you would please in verse number one. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish so that he paid that fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, I see this passage of Scripture and I realize this, that Jonah understands what God wants him to do. He hears what God wants him to do. He realizes that there's a need... Yet Jonah goes the opposite way from where God tells him to do. Jonah was going to do anything he could to get as far away from the presence of God that he possibly could. Because if he could get away from the presence of God, he may have felt he could get away from the call of God. But the reality is this, church. We can never get away from the call of God in our life. We can never get away from the presence of God. God's call is going to remain the same, and that is for us to take the gospel to a lost and dying world. Now, there's something about this city that he calls, uh, calls Jonah to go to. The Bible says it's a great city. It's a, it's a wicked city. Their wickedness has come before me. God's saying this. 
And because their wickedness is so bad, and because God sees their wickedness, God is going to bring judgment upon this city. And so he tells Jonah, go and proclaim and tell this city that I'm going to bring judgment upon it. You know what that tells me this, that God has a plan for the wicked nations of this world. And that is this, to send those that know him to tell those that don't know him about who he is. And so here Jonah is told by God, go to this wicked place. Now, how many of you ever talked about and and discussed and been upset about the wickedness that's happening in our world today? My question to us is this, what are we doing about it? Isn't it amazing that we can identify wickedness in our world? We could sit and we could identify all the crime and all the problems and all the wickedness and all the people that are going against God's word. We are really good at identifying it. I would even say this, we're really good at complaining about it. But we have the answer that the world needs. And just like Jonah, many a times, instead of taking the answer that the world needs, we run and we want to do something totally opposite with our resources, with our time, and with our lives than doing what God has called us to do. And that is go to these wicked places and preach the message of Jesus Christ. I want you to write this down someplace in your notes, please, if you would. Number one, we need to hear the mission's call. We not only need to hear the mission's call, we need to do something with it. We need to hear it. In church, we must do something with the call for missions. This world is getting more and more wicked, and the church has the solution to a wicked world, and his name is Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus Jonah was reluctant to do what God called him to do. And you know, sometimes Jonah gets this bad rap of running from the presence of God. But many a times we're reluctant to do what God has called us to do as well. How many lost people do you come in contact with every week? How many people do you work with that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? Yet we've convinced ourselves that we can't share the gospel. How many people do we come in contact with at the store or at the coffee house or in our neighborhood or the the busyness of our schedule that we come in contact with that needs someone to take a gospel of Jesus Christ and take a moment and to share with them the good news that Jesus Christ loves them, that Jesus Christ died for their sins, that Jesus Christ shed his blood as the, the sacrifice, as the payment for their sin debt. How many people do we come in contact with every day of our life Life that we could share the gospel with, but we have convinced ourselves that we're too busy. We've got too much on our mind. We've got too much going on. And we become reluctant. Sometimes we're fearful that if we share the gospel, someone might not want to hear it. We're afraid of what might happen. And all of these things are probably things that were going through Jonah's mind. Jonah was reluctant to do what God has called him to do. But God had a great heart, and he had mercy for Nineveh. I want you to think about that. 
The Bible, the Bible is sharing with us this thought of God caring about the people of Nineveh. They're wicked, and they're, they've turned from God, but God is wanting to send a prophet to come and preach the message of repentance so that they would turn from their sin and turn back to God. This was God's goal for Nineveh. And God wanted Jonah to preach a message of repentance or face the judgment of God. God is going to judge this world. I spoke to someone in our church this morning. They came over and saw me in my office, and, and uh, we were talking about some events of this world, and I said to them, it's a scary time. And I know for a Christian, our response is, well, it should not be fearful for the Christian because we know the answer. And, and, and this was my response. I realize that it should not be fearful to a Christian, but there are people that I love. There are people that I know that if they do not turn to Christ, they're going to be left here. And as wonderful it is, is that we're going to go to heaven. There are people that are going to experience the judgment of God unless they turn to God. And that ought to motivate us to do something about that. I am so thankful that my salvation is in Jesus Christ. And a few weeks ago, I have preached many messages on, the, on the, uh, uh, the rapture of the church and what a wonderful event that's going to be. And one day, the trump of God is going to sound and Christ is going to come for his bride and we are going to be taken out of this earth. And what a wonderful thing that's going to be. But for those that are left here, they are going to face the judgment of an almighty God. And that ought to do something to a church. That ought to motivate us, church. But God is long-suffering and God is allowing for His church. God is allowing for you and for me and for Monclova Road Baptist Church to be left here because God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wanted Nineveh to be saved. He wanted Nineveh to cease from their wicked sins and turn to Him. And if they didn't, they would face judgment. And He said, Jonah, go and proclaim this message message to those that need to hear it. God desires, his desire was that the message of judgment would come to the people of Nineveh, not because God was so eager to judge them, but because God was so desirous to forgive them. Mark 16, 15 says this, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The last great command that Christ gave was to go and preach the gospel to every single person. Because God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And the great commission that's been left for you and for me is to go and to preach the gospel so that every single soul would hear the truth of the gospel. Church, do you have a desire to reach Toledo with the gospel of Jesus Christ? I do. The Lord's not willing that any should perish. There's not a soul in Toledo the Lord wants to judge. I said, let me walk in the field. He said, no, walk in the town. I said, but there are no flowers there. And he said, no flowers, but a crown. 
I said, but the air is thick and the fog is veiling the sun. He said, souls are sick and souls are in dark, undone. I said, the skies are black and there's nothing but noise. He wept as he sent me back there. Is there more, he said? I said, I shall miss the light and my friends will miss me, they say. But he said, choose tonight, am I to miss you or they? I pleaded for more time to be given and he said, it is hard to decide. It will not seem hard in heaven to have follow the steps of your God. I cast one look at the fields and set my face to the town. He said, my child, do you yield? Will you give up the flowers for a crown? And in his hand went mine, and into my heart came he. And I walked in a light divine, the past that I had feared to see. You see, Jonah was afraid to do the will of God. I have to say that I've been at that place. And if you were honest today, you probably would say the same thing. It's a fearful thing to do the will of God. We know what the Bible says. We know the Bible says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. But one of the most fearful things for us to do is the will of God. Because it takes us out of our comfort zone. It takes us out of the things that we know. It takes us out of what we can control, and it puts us in a place of the unknown. I remember, it was eight years ago, I remember a pastor friend of mine said, hey, there's a church in Monclova, you really ought to consider it. And I said, no, we're really, really happy in Georgia, especially during winter. We're really, really happy in Georgia. We had only been there a couple years. And he says, I really think you ought to consider this. And I said, no, I really think that you ought to just stop bothering me. And then we started considering it. And the more we consider it, the more we convince ourselves, Jim, it's better just to stay right here in Georgia. There's sun there. Beautiful. You could grill in shorts on Christmas Day. <laughs> yes. The pools were open year-round without heaters. They didn't need heaters in the pools. Did I tell you there was a sun in Georgia? <laughs> we love the people. We love the church. Matter of fact, I wrestle with it back and forth. And so I finally said to my wife, what do you think about Ohio? She said, let's not think about Ohio. Let's just do what God wants us to do here. We talked back and forth, and I talked to the, some of the men on the pulpit committee here. And I remember I finally said, you know what? Listen, I am going to Africa. And I'm going to go to Africa for 14 days. And... Um, so I'm going to go to, I believe it was Ghana that I was going to, and I said, I'm going to go there, and 
and I'm not going to have reception. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to talk. So, so let's just do this. I'll go to Africa. I, I want to keep my focus on what I'm doing there and visiting our missionary there. And, uh, if you guys find someone else while I'm gone, that's wonderful, but I'll, I'll call you when I get back. And I got on an airplane in Atlanta, Georgia, and I went to Amsterdam to go to Ghana. And I sat on an airplane in Amsterdam, and as I sat on that airplane, it was nighttime, it was already dark outside, we'd been flying from, from Atlanta over the Atlantic, and another flight from Amsterdam into Ghana, it's going to be an evening flight, I'm sitting there, and you all know when you're sitting on an airplane, there's only one prayer, and that is this, keep this seat next to me empty, Lord. I'll do whatever you want. I'll start tithing. I'll go to church every week. I'll stop smoking. I mean, you, you, you know what you pray. Lord, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Just keep this seat empty, please. And that was my prayer. Not that I'll tithe and I'll go to church, but my prayer was just, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll stop eating Oreos if you just let me have this seat empty. And people were coming on the plane. And you know, guys like, that looked like me were coming on. I'm like, Lord, please don't, please, Lord, no. And they'd walk by me and I'd say, whew. And finally the lady said, I'm looking around, the, the flight is full. The lady gets on and says, the flight door is closing. And I said, thank you, Lord. And out of gratitude and thankfulness to the Lord, I just smacked the guy in the arm that was by the, by the window. And I said, isn't this great? Can you believe it? And he was already asleep. But I woke him up, but I said, can you believe it? I said, let's put these up. You get half the seat, I get half the seat. We only have to play for one. Isn't this great? And we started talking. I said, where are you coming from? And where are you going? He says, my dad died, and he's, I'm going to Ghana to visit my dad in, in Ghana, uh, go, go to visit family. He said, the funeral, I missed the funeral, but I'm going to get there to visit with family. And so we were talking and I said, where are you from? He says, I'm, I'm from Toledo. I'm flying from Detroit. So God takes you from Detroit airport and me from Atlanta airport. And we arrive in Amsterdam and we sit next to each other on an airplane with like the only seat on the plane empty. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to Ghana and I'm forgetting about everything. He, I said, so you're from Toledo? He said, yeah. And he tells me what he does. He said, I'm an accountant. I work in the financial. He left Ghana, went to the United States, and, and uh, he, he went to college here and uh, stayed. And he's working for a company. I don't know. Some of you might have heard it, ProMedica. And um, didn't mean anything to me at the time. I said, oh, that's nice. He said, I don't really live in Toledo. I live in a suburb of Toledo. He said, you've never heard of this city. I promise you it's a small little city or a small little suburb of Toledo. He said, I said, where is it? He said, Monclova. <laughs> I said, open the door, get me off this plane. <laughs> I'm out of here. I looked at him. I said, you've got to be kidding me. He said, no, why? Have you heard of it? I said, um, no, I never heard of it. <laughs> I said, there's a church in Monclova that I am trying to run from. <laughs> and I said, who put you up to this? Did Ben Hopkemeyer buy you a ticket and put you on an airplane next to me? 
I tell you, I spent the next 14 days, well, I wanted to go clear my mind. I spent the next 14 days saying, all right, Lord, you got my attention. What do you want me to do? What an unbelievable experience. I still think back to that experience and I think to myself, there's no way that happened. That was a bad dream. <laughs> but no. You say, Did, was that God telling you to go to Monclova? No, that was God saying, I'm going to get your attention. How in the world he put me next to somebody on an airplane in Amsterdam that's from Monclova, only he can do. And then I thought of the story of Jonah. I said, I don't want this thing crashing because I don't want to be swallowed by a whale. All right, Lord, I'm going. But it's interesting that God will call us to do something. And the truth is, church, I thought of every single reason why I can't go. I thought of every single reason. I, I was afraid to do it. And God could speak to us sometimes so clearly, and we know his commands, and we know what he wants us to do. And so often we are afraid. But I want to declare this morning, never be afraid of God's will for your life. Don't run from God. Run to God. The safest place that you can be is in God's will. Now, some will say this to you, that that can't be right. I, I want to tell you this. God is a God of the impossible, and God will call you to do the things that only he can get the glory for for. Nineveh was a wicked city. Nineveh was a city that was turning from God. What could one man do? One man couldn't do anything for Nineveh, but God could. It wasn't Jonah that ran, Jonah that ran to Nineveh that saved Nineveh. It was God's power. It was God's mercy. It was God's grace. It was God's plan. It was God's will that saved Nineveh. It just took Jonah to be obedient to go and do what God called him to do. And sometimes we look at the task that's before us and we think to ourselves, this is too big and this is too great. And all of the fearful things come and all of the overwhelming things come. But church, I want you to understand this. It's not your strength and it's not your power and you don't have to do it in your own will and you don't have to do it in your own wisdom. If God has called you to do it, he's going to equip you to get it done. And so church, we don't have to fear. Don't run from God. You see, sometimes your disobedience will, ca will cost others. One of the greatest things that I feared was not following God's will for my life, what it would do for my children. I feared not following God's will for my life, what would it do for my family, my wife, my marriage? Jonah he ran from the Lord, and I want you to see, look with me in verse number four. But the Lord sent out a great wind unto the sea, and there was a mighty tempest that, uh, in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay. He was fast asleep. Here's Jonah running from God, and he puts everyone on that boat at risk. And he's sleeping. And here are these mariners. They're, they're used to storms. They're used to, 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 to these sort of circumstances, but they knew this is different. 
And just like man does in their own strength, they start taking matters in their own hands. They start throwing stuff overboard. You know what I call that? That's just religion. That's man's attempt to try to do something, but only God can do it. And the person that knew God's plan was fast asleep while those that didn't know God were trying everything they could to get out of the storm. And sometimes I think the church sits with all of the comforts and all of its programs and all the things that entertain our family and all of the wonderful nurseries and all the wonderful children's programs and all the wonderful teen, and we isolate ourselves in this bubble and we fall fast asleep while those that are, are, are experiencing these waves are trying to do everything they can do to survive. And the answer is fast asleep there on the bottom of that boat. And as long as we're comfortable, as long as we're doing what we want to do, we don't care what happens to everyone else. And I thought last night, How many children went to bed last night without a mom and a dad? There's a church member in our church that calls me often in the middle of the night. He can't sleep. And his memories that he thinks of is as a child, as a young boy, not being able to sleep at night because there was so much fighting and so much bickering and so much hatred in his home with his parents. He was afraid that one of them was going to kill the other one. How many young people in the Toledo area have never heard a mom or a dad say, I love you? We, 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 we're so good at cursing the darkness as we lay there asleep in our churches. As we lay there comfortable. I thought of how many young kids thought if I could just get out of the way and just sleep and just go to my room before dad gets home from his drunken stupor tonight. Maybe tonight I won't get beat. Some young girl that thinks this, if I can just get out of the way of that, that man, maybe, maybe today I won't be molested. The one that's hungry and just wishes, wishes that somebody would give him some meal. One that, one that just needs someone to love him. One that just needs someone to care about him. One that just feels like this world is so wicked that they're so deep into it. One that just feels like there's no hope while the church lays there asleep. And they're doing everything they can. You see, disobedience is at a great cost to others. And I want to so badly, church, for us to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want us to hear as a church, well done, but the church cannot lay asleep 
because there's others that are going to pay the price. I'm so proud of our teens that went down to a place, not the best of places, and spent their Saturday afternoon serving. I, I, and I mean this, the Hopkemeyer family. Thank God for families like yours that will interrupt their lives, that, that will interrupt their schedules, that will love children. I don't like my own kids' snotty tissues in dirty diapers. They're willing to change some other kids' dirty diapers. I didn't want to get up in the middle of the night when my own kids were crying. God bless families that said, I will, because there's a need. I will not fall asleep. I will not let others try to, try to take matters into their own hands. He knew what the problem was. And he laid there asleep. Not only does our disobedience come at a great cost to others, our disobedience also comes for a great cost for ourselves. You know what happens? I read my text verse. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. I don't know about you, but there is no time I want to spend a moment in the belly of a great fish. And Jonah spent three days there, running from God. Now, when Jonah was swallowed, when he was placed overboard, thrown overboard, and he was swallowed by that great fish, he did not know. I don't believe he knew he was going to be rescued. Just think about that. Think about being swallowed by a fish and surviving and laying there. And an hour passes, let alone three days passing. And, and, and I can't think of anything more disgusting than being thrown up by a fish. That's even, that's got to be horrible. And that's what it costs Jonah to run from God. We need to wake up, church. We need to see that disobedience comes at a cost. It comes at a cost to those around us. It comes at a cost to us. And we need to preach the message of Jesus Christ. That is this, the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ. Jesus was sacrificed so that others might live. Jesus was given, his life was given so that you and I could have everlasting life. Jesus was sacrificed. And when Jesus Christ was sacrificed, the wrath of God was ceased. It satisfied God's wrath. 
Sin must be judged. And if a person does not come to Jesus Christ as the payment of their sin debt, they will experience the wrath of God. They do not have to experience the wrath of God because Jesus Christ paid their sin debt. But someone must tell so they can hear, so they can receive. The only thing that's going to satisfy God's wrath is the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ. My time is done this morning because there's still more that we need to do. But church, I want to challenge you today with two things. Number one, would you be willing to take a New Testament and would you pray this week that God would lead you to a person this week that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? And would you pray that God would give you the boldness to take this New Testament and show them in this New Testament how Jesus Christ loved them, he died for them, he rose again from the dead, and he wants to offer them everlasting life. Will you be a missionary this week? You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.